0: We're still in the series of Genesis in the story of Joseph. God orchestrates events to fulfill his purpose. God is a conductor so that he can play the music he wants and fulfill his purpose in our lives. God would use Joseph to prepare for the severe famine that would come. Pharaoh made Joseph Ruler over all of Egypt. As you remember, Joseph was sold as a slave when he was 17. He became ruler at the age of 30. Pharaoh gave Joseph discretionary power. And even arranged a marriage for Joseph, which made him part of the elite In Egypt. Joseph would have two sons through his wife Asenath. He named his sons Manasseh and Ephraim, both of which would be tribes in the nation of Israel. In fact, these two names would be prominent, more prominent in the national life instead of the name of Joseph. Though Joseph would always be prominent in their history. What a life, right? What a life. Betrayed by your brothers, sold as a slave, as a slave prospered because I believe he worked well. He became a leader of the household of Potiphar. And the Bible said Potiphar would only concern himself with the food that he would eat because Joseph took care of everything. Amazing assistant amazing servant of God, amazing employee, amazing leader. And he would be framed by Potiphar's wife who saw that Joseph was handsome and she tried to seduce Joseph every day until she couldn't take the rejection anymore. She framed Joseph for rape. Joseph was sent to the dungeon Potiphar could have killed Joseph to protect his honor, but perhaps he did not believe his own wife. And therefore, instead of killing Joseph, he was sent to a prison that probably was a first-class prison because Pharaoh's servants, not just any ordinary criminal, Pharaoh's servants would even be sent there. His life from a rich kid went down. He had a low life, a low point in his life, I mean. Then when he was getting up, making the most of the situation, he was rebuilding himself. Instead of complaining, instead of committing suicide, of how cruel life was, he made the most out of it. And he became a leader in a household. And when he was getting better at doing what he was doing, building that reputation for himself, he would then be framed for rape, a new low, much lower than being sold as a slave. Can you imagine Potiphar? He would be around Potiphar as he was the assistant and general manager. Perhaps many knew him, and perhaps he was doing some networking among the elite, and then his reputation would go to zero. Sent to the dungeon, but when he was in the dungeon, he gained favor in the eyes of the jailer, the warden. Favor, perhaps he followed the rules, perhaps he he cleaned everything very well. Perhaps every assignment given to him, he did very well. And he once again emerged as a leader. Once again, a leader. Well, a leader in the jail. It was getting better. Then we know two of Pharaoh's servants, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, were sent there because they displeased Pharaoh. And when they were there, both had dreams. And Joseph used the gift that God gave him to interpret the dreams. And when he used this gift to serve others, it was so accurate. The chief baker was killed in three days. The chief cupbearer was restored. The only thing he said to the cupbearer, do not forget me. Say something nice to Pharaoh about me. But then the Bible said, but he forgot Joseph. But at the right time, Pharaoh had two dreams. And he would lose his peace of mind because of those dreams, orchestrated by God. And all his wise men and magicians in court could not interpret the dreams. It was the perfect timing for the cupbearer to mention Joseph to Pharaoh. I cannot blame the cupbearer for forgetting. You know why? He was probably in prison because he talked too much and some people are like that because they don't know the right timing to speak they get into a lot of trouble do you know somebody like that (laughs) they get into a lot of trouble you don't speak to pharaoh casually unless you are asked but when pharaoh was disturbed I believe the cupbearer found the perfect time to say the perfect words. I know a Hebrew, and he predicted exactly what would happen to me and to the chief baker. And we know the story of last sermon, of last Sunday, that Joseph was presented, and he interpreted the dreams accurately. Or at least it gave Pharaoh a peace of mind, a belief that this is correct. And he was made prime minister over all of Egypt. He was given the signet ring. He would decide, he would prepare the land of Egypt for the famine that would come. You know, Joseph displayed extraordinary leadership skills in every part of his life. I think God wants you to experience that too. But we start by being servants, doing our work so well that our bosses have no complaint. All they have to worry about is what food they're going to eat or which restaurant they're going to go to because you've taken care of everything. Amazing person, really. I mean, he would be a topic of many motivational speakers in leadership conferences. I would use this story. He did his work so well, and he would display leadership skills. And his past, his history in leading in the small areas of responsibility prepared him to take care of the whole land. Of the whole land. That's why it's a concern of mine if in our democracy, in our history here in the Philippines that somebody would run for president who had no experience whatsoever in terms of taking care of even a single organization, that disturbs me that out of popularity they would be elected in the Senate or even even have a good run for the presidency. Never, never choose anybody who has not shown impact in a small way and be made responsible in a bigger way. How do we train our children? We challenge them to be responsible in small things so that as they grow, we can give them more important things. The same way here in church. How do we develop leaders? How do we look for leaders? We look for people who are willing to serve no matter what. Willing to take responsibility in small areas and do it so well, so faithfully, so consistently that we can give them more responsibilities later. But somebody who would not be responsible, who would not be faithful, me as a pastor would say, can we replace that person? So do not be offended by me. I look at the quality of our work, even though this is uh, an organization, a body of Christ, which we are made of servants. You're not paid here per hour because you want to help out. That is not how it works. We come here to serve because we want to glorify God. And if we see me as a pastor, that's what I look for. If one simple change, I say, improve this, and it cannot be done for weeks, it disappoints me. Why? Because it reflects your attitude when it comes to work. After Joseph was given this responsibility, he was prepared because he served faithfully. He did not complain when he was, no record, I mean, we could not see a record that he complained, questioned God's will after he was sold as a slave. He never said a word against anybody. Then he became a chief slave, promotion. Then he was framed. Again, he just made the most of the opportunity. We are wasting our time wallowing in the sorrows of the past, there was a book written by somebody who's gone, who's already with the Lord by Mr. Bill Hymer. And uh, the theme of one of his books was, do not waste your sorrows. Do not waste the sorrows because that sorrow will trap you. Instead, look at Joseph. He developed his skills. And whenever he would use his supernatural gift of interpreting, he used it. But the non-supernatural gifts, which is just serving and being good at management and, and, and every little thing, he made the most of that. That prepared him for the work. Joseph dedicated himself to the purpose of preserving Egypt. But it would turn out that he also preserved the known world. What we've read a while ago was in different places they went to Egypt. And Joseph stored the grain in strategic locations in different cities. He did not store it in one area. He distributed it. It would be accessible to the people at the right time. It means he has a strategic mindset. He executed a grain preservation project at a scale that was probably not done before that time. Oh yes, they would be storing grain, and this grain would hold them, would feed them for the next seven years. Because there would be a famine. There would be no grain. We complain so much of expensive rice, trying no rice. So, my friends, in everything, give thanks. Can we give thanks to the Lord? And pray for lower prices. I'm not saying don't pray. Pray for lower prices of rice. Or, if not lower prices, just pray for your increased income. I think I prefer the increased income, right? In everything, give thanks because there is still grain to buy here. It was a huge project. Wow. Well, we can conclude that his management skills were extraordinary. Extraordinary, right? It's a a huge scale. During the seven years of abundance, Joseph stored food in every city. He stored grain until he stopped measuring it. (laughs) There was so much grain, as he predicted with the dream of Aaron. There was so much that he stopped measuring it. These grains would be preserved for years. You know, God gives wisdom to his servants. How do you preserve grain? Have you tried preserving grain in your house for seven years? Try it. I had a client Jewish president Dutch Jew and he had this technology he said it's from Israel where he would use systems to preserve grain for long periods of time and reduce the spoilage down this is documented down to 2 or 3% spoilage down to 2 or 3% Some provinces in the Philippines buy from them now, India buys from them, and Israel uses this technology. How? It's actually not that difficult. So when I asked him, how do you do it? What's the technology about? I'd like to understand my clients before I propose anything to them. And he just said to me, have you read the Bible? I said, yes. Have you read about Joseph? I said yes, that's it. So he actually didn't give me a clue yet. Okay, okay, I want something scientific. And it's very simple. You put grain at the right moisture, low moisture in a certain place and you lock it. Nobody opens it. No oxygen, zero oxygen. Nobody goes in unless we're going to use it. With zero oxygen means bacteria cannot survive. Therefore, there will be no spoilage or reduced spoilage. Very simple. I said, wow. Can you say wow? Wow. (laughs) It's actually very simple. We use it in vacuum packs, right? You know, they they take the oxygen out, all the air out, and, and that's one way to preserve you can see vacuum packs in commissaries when they pile it up and then deliver it to, to the restaurants where we eat. They're trying to preserve it. But this was just the large scale. This could only be wisdom from God to do it in a large scale. It's so easy to preserve something with vacuum pack that small. But if it's at that scale? When famine came, the people asked Pharaoh for food. He directed them to Joseph. Isn't that amazing? Pharaoh, give us food. Oh, go to this guy. He has the answer. Wow. Maybe God's children, his believers. For you and me, perhaps that would happen. When somebody's in trouble, they know who to call. They call you. Amen? You see, God shaped Joseph to be a reliable leader. Can you say reliable? Say it again. Reliable. reliable. Kung sa Tagalog, maaasahan. When Pharaoh said, Joseph, take care of Egypt, he took care of Egypt. Reliable. He delivered. In Proverbs, it says there, to trust in an unreliable person is like vinegar to your eyes. Well, I haven't tried that. Uh, don't try it at home because that is so true when somebody says in an organization I'll do it and then they don't do it when they say I'll be there and they don't show up when they say I commit and then they don't back up that commitment that means you have no integrity you are unreliable cannot be trusted but If you are consistent in the commitment you made, you give your all, you do your best, and you do it for God. Not for men, but men would be impressed as well. Because if we do that for the glory of God, because God wants us to do it, people perceive us as a reliable person. We can rely on this man, on this woman. We need somebody here. Who do we call? Not Ghostbusters, okay? (laughs) Who do we call? I hope it's our names. We need help. Let's call this guy. Let's call this lady because they can help us. But the famine was not only in Egypt. It was all over the known world. The famine led many tribes to Egypt. This would set the stage to a reunion. Oh, with the brothers who betrayed him. Joseph's Joseph's dreams would come true. The dreams of Joseph will come true. Remember the dreams when he was 17? The stars, the sun, and the moon would bow down. And he has his share of of harvest, and all the others with his brothers will bow down to him. That would come true. Reunion. (laughs) What's your take on reunions? Are you comfortable with reunion or uncomfortable? It depends, right? It depends who will be in the reunion. (laughs) But this would set the stage for the brothers to come to buy grain from him. You see, God is a God of plan and purpose. Every suffering we go through, if we trust God, he will fulfill his purpose in our lives. There is a purpose for the setbacks. There is a purpose for the low points. The important thing is we have a good heart. Retain, have a good heart. Can you say a good heart? People will offend us. That is part of life. But if we get offended so easily and nurture that offense, then we don't have a good heart. (laughs) Wag putayo magkimkim ng sama ng loob. Masamayan kaya ngatawag sama ng loob. I was mentoring this brother. He's an amazing leader right now. But I was just asking, Bro, may mga sama ng loob ka ba sa Kuya, wala. Grabe ka naman. Masama yun eh. Sakit ng loob meron. <laughs> so, okay, salamat at hindi masama loob mo. Uh, <laughs> so I asked for his forgiveness. And, and he forgave me. and said, okay, good. But he understood. He understood that he had to go through he understood my, both my gentle love and my tough love because I wanted them to be groomed as leaders. Application quickly right now. God reveals His purpose in due time. God will reveal His purpose at the right time, in His way. The revelation of His purpose may help us appreciate all the hardships. You know what? Nung pinanganak yung anak niya. Oh, God has made me forget all the hardships in the land of my affliction. Then we appreciate, oh, this is your will, Lord. This is your purpose. Thank you, Lord, that you made me go through those things in my life. Because right now, I appreciate why I had to go through. Two, we must learn to store. This is more practical. To store during times of abundance that we may survive in times of lack. Ah, You see, in Egypt, they stored the grain when they had many. So that when there was nothing to harvest, they still had grain. So I'd like to appeal to you as my fellow Filipinos. Do not waste what we earn. But it's prevalent when there's fiesta, we spend everything on the fiesta. We spend everything on December for gifts. Come May, we start borrowing money for tuition fee. We should store what we have. Let us not be like the world, always splurging cash left and right. But rather find a way To suffer a little bit now, be conservative now, so that later we can have extra. But not just extra, not just for survival, that we may bless others as well. Because economies, it's not always up. If you look at the history of economies, there's an up cycle and a down cycle. There are parts of the times in the economy, it's good and bad. Crisis, they say, world crisis usually happens around every 10 years. It's not exact, but around every 10 years, some major crisis economically happens around the world. Oh yeah, look at history. Just recent history. 97, 207, 208. Oh, but even before 97 was was 87, 88. Just look at it. There's an up cycle and a down cycle. But if we have stored enough, we can be a blessing to others. We give to the Lord. We spend some for ourselves. Then we store the others. Right? And you know, sometimes this could be literal. Literal food. I remember, you guys remember we had a lot of red rice, me and my family. It is actually a harvest and we vacuum packed it. So it lasted for years, for personal consumption, two years, personal consumption. But so many friends say, can we buy two? Can we have some? So people from Manila and from some of you really like the red rice, should we, should, we should plant again, right? Uh, but it's just to preserve. You know, they say, if you don't have money, if you're poor, you can make a way not to be poor. Do you believe that? Yes, 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 yes. We, we, we can. One of my uh, advice would be, go plant kamote. GPC. Say GPC. Go plant kamote. <laughs> no, no kidding. Go plant kamote. Because... If you can feed yourself and you have a little extra, then you can sell the extra. And you know that complex carbs are better than simple carbs. Uh I learned something. <laughs> oh, I'm not a dietitian. I just keep hearing a lot, and I, that's very consistent. Go plant camote. I don't have land. Do I have to give you all the answers? You know what they say what wisdom is, is asking the right questions, not having all the answers. So what happens? You put everything, you don't ask the right questions. You say, okay, I should plant kamote. Where do I plant kamote? Because I don't have land. Well, I see so much land left and right. Maybe I mean Jesus. maybe some of my friends here have land that they're not using. And the truth is, yes. I know some guys here have three hectares, two hectares, one hectare, some seven hectares, and they're in Naga City working here, not using their land. You want to plant kamote? You can plant kamote. You plant camote, right? You plant sealy, right? <laughs> then you plant cacao, right? You harvest, you store you can become a blessing. We can become a blessing. Give to the Lord, yet preserve. Bless yourself, yes, every now and then, give yourself a reward, but not to the point that you lose the money. Not to the point that there is nothing. We must learn this. I am continually learning this. This is a lifetime process because we always feel there's a need We always feel that we have to spend on something. We always feel that we have to buy this or buy this for our kids or make them go through this course. Yes, I know I'm a father. And if if I can spend a lot on my children, I would. But we can learn the workarounds, right? Oh, yeah, there are workarounds. Some things we can learn from others for free. And we return the favor. And we learn it. There's so many things. We just need to ask God for wisdom. And three, we must commit our lives to God's purpose for our lives. God has a purpose for your life. Yes, your life. We must commit to it. You say, Lord, I don't fully understand the purpose. But I am committing to whatever it is. I'm willing to submit myself to your word and discover what you have said as your purpose for everybody of us, every one of us. Yet specifically, whatever that is. My specific role in your plan on this earth. We must say to the Lord, I am willing. I am your servant. I am your son. I am willing to step up whatever it is. But first, we must submit to the Lordship of Christ through repentance. We must ask forgiveness from God for every sin we commit. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it begins with repentance. Asking for forgiveness, saying, Lord, I am willing to turn away from sin. Second, we must believe in His plan through Christ. The plan of Jesus, the plan of God in the New Testament is through Christ. Therefore, we must believe in His plan. The plan of redemption. What is that? Buying our souls. Redemption meaning to redeem, to purchase. Because we lost it because of sin. He was willing to pay the debt. and We have to believe in that plan and surrender to Him our lives. He is our Savior. We must believe. And then we say, Lord, I'm willing, whatever it is. I am inspired by Joseph's story. It inspires me to serve the Lord, to have faith in him, to study his word. Yet it also inspires me to show the best in everything I do for him. To develop my skills for his glory. To develop my character. To learn humility. Joseph was taught humility. And whenever something bad happens to me, I always say, Lord, is this another lesson on humility? The answer is always yes. Why? Because our hearts are so proud. We are deceived by our own hearts. That's why whatever you hear from Hollywood, whenever you hear this phrase, do not believe it. You know what Hollywood says to you through the movies? Follow your heart. Scripture says the heart is deceptive above all else and is desperately wicked. No, not everything I feel emotionally is correct. Not everything I feel mentally is correct. That's why we have the scriptures, so we can submit to it. When I learn what I feel is not correct, but I still want to kill that guy. But then the Lord says, no, forgive. Then I said, then Lord, I submit my heart to you. Change my heart. God is good. Let us pray. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for your grace. You have a higher purpose, and it is not just for us to survive on this earth. Your higher purpose is to spread your word, that this gospel of the kingdom should be preached to all nations, to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, teaching them all to observe what Christ has taught us. You have a purpose for our lives. We are blessed to be a blessing like Abraham. Like Jesus Christ who commissioned us. We were blessed with salvation that we might be a blessing to others. And we pray, Lord, allow us to step into this purpose. Allow us to have this relationship with Jesus Christ. Let us all rise. If you... All heads bowed, all eyes closed. If you say, Brother Ed, I feel like I have not started that relationship with Jesus, but I want that relationship. I understand it is not religion, but a relationship with Jesus. And this morning, I say in my heart, I repent of my sins, and I trust in God's plan for my life. Will you just raise your hand so I can pray for you? Yes, who else? Lord, I pray for your blessing upon these who raise their hands. I pray for strength in their hearts. Lord, we make this commitment to you. We make this commitment to turn away from sin. And we seek your forgiveness. Give us the strength, the strength to live this new life. And even though we know we shall never be perfect, we understand that your forgiveness, that your forgiveness is always there whenever we come in repentance. We trust you through the death of Jesus Christ to save our souls. But we make this commitment to fulfill whatever plan you have in our lives. We surrender our personal agendas and plans at your feet. You will be the one to approve it, Lord. We may take the steps, but you are the one who will redirect us to your purpose. And whatever happens in this life, good or bad, we trust that everything is part of the process. That you have a higher purpose for our suffering, and a higher purpose even for our blessings. Thank you, Lord Jesus. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. God's people say palakpakan natin ng Panginoon. God bless you.